1: Lucky Lefty Podcast. What's good? The Anora boys are in the building. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey, anorawiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, anorawiskey.com. And if you drink, make sure that you do so. Responsibly. You got to do it responsibly. Great show today, Left. Great show today. We're going to talk about Jim Harbaugh and why him going back to Michigan doesn't do a damn thing. Mm-hmm. Doesn't move the needle at all. We're going to break it down, right? Then we're going to talk about a young man from California who is the poster child for NIL versus pay-to-play. You've watched this young man play in high school. Depending upon the rankings, he might be ranked somewhere from the fifth to the eighth best quarterback in the 2023 class. The Athletic released a story on the full breakdown of what happened between Jaden Rashada. Mm. At the University of Florida. This is going to shock you, Left. This is going to shock you. Yo, this is going to shock you, Left. When well, we go over some of the things they found out about, now you start to understand why this NIL thing may begin to crumble and it might not have to do anything with what the NCAA does. It might be because these schools just can't back up what they tell these young men or these young women. We'll talk about that as well. You know what I watched last night? I hope someone in Notre Dame was watching that game last night and they took time to focus on Zach Martin against Vita Vea. Because mm. what you saw was a dominant, technical, leveraging performance by the best offensive lineman in all of the NFL. Flat out. Harry, he standing that staff should take that tape from last night bottle it up, and send it to every offensive lineman prospect in the 24-25 and 25 class and say, if you want to play like this on the next level, come see me. <clears throat> come see me. Because it was a clinic, a flat-out clinic. I think Vita Vea early in the game had one power rush that was effective. And then after that, stonewall. That out of time yesterday. Stomp, man, all day. All day. But it was interesting. They didn't run the ball that well. You know what, bro? Zeke is done, bro. Oh, my God. Let me tell you why Zeke is done. I saw at least two or three plays where old Zeke would have bounced the ball to the outside and been gone for at least 10 yards. Minimum. Zeke is just to the point now where he's accepted the role of being the power inside guy. And just in his mind, he's just like, man, let me go get these three, four yards on the inside. That ability to bounce in and out of holes, accelerate to the outside, and make it a 10, 15 yard gain. We rarely see that from Zeke anymore, bro. Now, I know, I know what, dude, the life of an NFL running back. It's just short, bro. It's short. And I'm not saying he's incapable of doing it in a big spot or mustering up an uh, all-time performance. But what I am saying is that consistent 115 to 130 yards every week, that Zeke is gone. That that Zeke, it's a wrap for that Zeke. Nah, he's, he's not coming back. I don't know. Christian
2: McCaffrey went from the worst team to looking like the best athlete in NFL. So maybe it's just a matter of where you go. If Zeke was in, uh, in the Niners, maybe his career wouldn't look the same.
1: Dude, he, he plays behind one of the best offensive lines in of football. Pass I, I, I could – no, stop. Come on, man. The Tony Pollard Tony Paula looks just fine running behind that line. They didn't run great last night. They didn't run it great last night, but I'm just saying I've seen plenty of games, but Tony Pollard looks fantastic. No, Tony Pollard's good. Line. Yeah, Tony Pollard's good for sure, for
2: sure. He's not Zeke, though.
1: Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Any thoughts? First of all, Apple Podcast, Spotify, CFB Nation, in conjunction with Irish Breakdown, all of our great content, State of Recruiting, with John Garcia, Jr., us, you already know. We gave you a late show last night. You guys supported us. You continue to support us. Already three downloads of yesterday's show. It's the Lucky Lefty podcast. We spend it different. Early bird gets the worm. Yesterday, we talked about Junior Day. Well, something else happened this weekend. We had a number of early enrollees come to campus sit in front of their locker, register for classes, and they're getting ready to get a first-hand experience with Matt Bayless. We'll talk about that as well.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
1: It's about that time. I don't know. I think he's got one more year. I think he
2: has been a, a little bit more of a better situation. I think that sometimes, you know, you get in a position where, you know, you might have just spent the time that you were supposed to spend there. Three years, championship. Nobody thought you could have do it for a program that or organization that hasn't won one in a long time. Looked down upon for a long time. You made it relevant again. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he just his time there has just ended. From just you've been there, you've done what you're supposed to do. I think he has uh, another opportunity provided he matches with the right coach. A uh, Sean Payton can give him two more years just because of how great Sean Payton is and the position he'll put Tom in to be successful. Um, but I think Tom still has some talent. Um, obviously, last night, the, the Dallas got to him, had him a little gun shy. But then again, when you're throwing a bunch of old guys and guys who can't get open, uh, Chris Godwin hurt the whole game. Every time he caught the ball, every hit he took, it was like, man, it took a chunk out of his whole playing career the way he was getting hit. So, it, I mean, you know, he's still throwing the ball 30-plus times a game. I think he can still continue to. Uh, be effective um, you know, with the right coaching situation. I think he's at that stage where he can do it, but a lot of pieces have to be in place, but the right coaching has to be in place as well. I think that's why I wanted to go to the Niners.
1: It's interesting. You go to the other side. I was happy to see the good Dak show up, (laughs) especially coming off of that performance and the last regular season game against the Washington Commanders. I'm glad they showed up.
2: Remember, he had one of the last one of his best games ever against Tom Brady at the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. So maybe he just, uh, against Tom Brady, he's going to have really good games. He's got that Eli Manning effect going.
1: Yeah, you're right. And you're not talking about the game to open this season. Talking about the previous season when they were in Tampa Bay, they went back and forth. That was a great game to open the season. Lucky Lucky Podcast. I want to talk about something. That jumped out to me from that game and i don't know if anybody else felt the same way i think the hamlin situation has made me a little bit more sensitive and i think late in the third quarter
2: russell gage
1: Gage gets hit and you see like his legs are like kind of like shaking on the ground when he hits the ground and i'm like oh no like immediately i'm like come on no, no 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 not again like, please, we can't we can't go we can't go through anything like this again on Monday Night Football. And I was just happy to see him moving his extremities immediately. It was a pretty good joke and hit to the back of his head that jarred his neck. And yo, it I was sensitive to it like, yo, man, but I was glad to see everything was cool. I wonder if anybody else kind of reacted to it like that, because I think for me now. I pay a little bit more attention to things on the football field than I did. Cause I used to just take things for granted, bro. Like the game is the game.
2: The game is still the game. It's- oh,
1: absolutely. Oh. You played the game. I, I didn't. So for me to even think it was the game was a game, I was so desensitized to it that now I'm taking a step back. And it's like when I see things, it's like immediately, like, I'm like, immediately I have the thought, man, I hope he's okay. Rather than, oh, you straight. You know what I'm saying? It's like, instead of just being like, oh, he'll be all right. Like, man, now my thoughts are, man, I really hope he's okay.
2: Yeah, but it's it's the same thing. It's like, it's like if you had a toilet issue at your house, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you hire a plumber to come over.
1: Right. Not the plumber from Martin, though.
2: Not the plumber from Martin. No. The plumber comes over because you paid him to do a job. Now, this plumber may be going through a lot of things at home. Maybe have a heart issue. Maybe he's on the verge of diabetes. hmm And you care a lot. But you care more about that toilet being fixed. Fact. And, and if he don't fix that toilet... And starts telling you, "Oh, you know, I got diabetes, and my neck hurt." And you have a certain level of empathy, but you still, like, man, I need my toilet fixed. So it's, it's a, so it's a certain level of how much can you really care when it even comes to a different job title? I mean, these guys are getting paid to do a job. Yeah, and so yeah, we we care that you you're a human being and all that. It's a job. So you're gonna get criticized because of it. You know, if this was you know against your will, then yeah, we should be all about mental health and all of this. But it's a job. You're not asking the plumber about his mental health when he's fixing your toilet.
1: No, I'm not asking about anybody's mental health. I'm just saying I'm, as just, a- I'm
2: just saying as a as a you know, we're so empathetic towards all these things that these guys are going through. And I'm like, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, from a human aspect, we are important in that aspect, but it's still a job, you know, even in DeMar's situation, he's only getting paid a hundred something thousand. Now, I mean, you would have thought he was a war hero, the (laughs) the way they treat in this situation.
1: Well, I mean, he can't control how people react to a situation. The media, how the media wants to take advantage of the situation. The media is taking advantage of the situation. So that's that's totally different from fans, you know, not taking things for granted and having a little bit more respect and empathy for what it is the football players do, and what they really sacrifice. To me, I think fans have taken a step forward, and now are a little bit more empathetic and a lot less. Uh, desensitized to the game than they were based upon what what was seen with the Hamlin situation. I'm not saying everybody was like that. I give great example, bro. Like, you ever go through, you ever walk into the restaurant and you walk up to order something, and whomever's standing at the register has an attitude and they're snapping off and they're cussing yeah. and talking about how terrible they. I don't care. Da, 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 I don't get it, man. I'm ready to give you this. Month. And yeah. You know what? No, don't, don't even take my order. I'm good. Let me don't go to the other me. line. Yeah, let me go to the other line. Because you are impacting how I feel like I'm about to get served. No, I'm good. Or if you have a barber and you feel like your barber is talking too much, it's like, come on, man. He, 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 he say something? Yeah. <laughs> or either fake go to sleep. It's one of the two options. Yeah, yeah, if you yeah. You say something, or you fake go to sleep. Okay, right. And if they still just stop, my problem is as long as the clippers keep going and you're talking, I'm It's cool when you cut the clippers off. And it's click. and you t- t- right, and you turn t- to the next dude next to you. Are you talking? To somebody sitting down waiting on a cut. Now we have a problem, my man. Because now you're affecting the service. Now you're affecting the service.
2: You affect. You're affecting the service.
1: So, and and for me, things like that affect the way that fans receive the game and the way they're served. And now I think there's a lot more love for athletes, in my opinion, that should go out. and Everybody probably doesn't feel the same way. But I know I'm more empathetic to joints, right? Because some fans just like, get them off the field. Mm -hmm. Let's go. It's been five minutes. Like, man, let's get the game going. There's some I mean, there's but, the fans that really, that literally could care less and just feel like, hey, you're getting paid millions. Uh, you'll be all right. You but know? it's, it's a,
2: yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a part of the game. You can't make that type of game any safer. You don't have to play the game. It's just like wrestling. If one of the wrestlers got Batista bombed through the steel cage, that's that's the profession. Facts. If he get hurt, that's what he signed up for. And so, yeah, as a fan in the moment, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was crazy. Because I could never do that. That's why I ain't no professional wrestler. And I just think it's like man. You know I mean? man died on the set. And they still shoot the movie?
1: Dude, that's why Rick, that's why Ric Flair is the greatest, <laughs> they, right? They still shoot the movie. And it, the stunt man die all the time. All the time.
2: You don't see him saying, oh, this movie's for the stunt but man. If you, your research,
1: if you do your research, the insurance policies that the stunt men have in Hollywood, the family's taking they Yeah, they get good, but family, he died. But he, died, right. but he yeah. died. But the but the bigger picture has to go on. In, in, and and no one no in one No one is disputing the bigger picture. Right? What I'm saying is, I'm sure they take the day off from filming when somebody dies on the set. I'm sure they're not like, all right, come scoop them up, <laughs> and we're just gonna keep going. No, let's pause. We're gonna pause production for today. Let everybody kind of like get themselves together, and then we'll come back in a day or two and start filming again. Like, come on, there's a point where you, you have to be a human. That's all I'm saying. That's that's it. I don't care how you view it or what side of the coin you're on. At some point, you should be able to be a human. And last night, I'm just saying, my, my, hum, my humanity jumped up for a second when I saw, when I thought the young man was on the field, you know, in a seizure, was yeah, what it clap. looked like. He got clapped. And it was like yo, so it's it's crazy. I think
2: the cameras these days, you know they they play it in slow motion and the dude get. I see that's got, something they need to stop
1: doing. They need to stop it, doing, it. stop showing the replays I'm all over you, and over again. Yeah,
2: it's it. before these new rules were. football would have been canceled sixty years ago if they had the cameras they hey, have bro. now. Hey bro. If they had the cameras they had now, where they show slow motion, dude, just clothesline a dude or something. Man. That's why I'm like, it got, it, it didn't get canceled then, and it's way less now. So it's like, man, you, it's I just, you know, I don't understand. I
1: don't man. understand. Like they say on the wire, the game is the game. The game is, the man. You see some
2: of them. I'm talking about late hits. The game the is the game. The, if the hits was what they was doing on the quarterbacks now. Like they were in like the 60s, 70s. People would be like, these guys should be arrested. <laughs> they would say, they say these guys should press charges. Yeah. They'd be bigger than the Devontae Adams pushing the dude over. They'd be like, man, this, this man should go to jail. So it's like, oh man, this is. That's what I'm saying. Them cameras, man, make everything look 30 times, see a dude get jacked and his helmet look. Go sideways and his face all over here. It's like, man, that's playing play slow motion.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what else reared his ugly head, bro? As much as the money in the business made sense to basically capitalize on the entire weekend for Wild Card weekend and culminating on Monday Night Football, you really put the Cowboys at a disadvantage only having five days to prepare versus at least you should have put San Francisco on Sunday or Sunday night, Sunday night to make it a little bit more even. Now the Cowboys only have five days to where the 49ers have seven days, but it, you know, once they snap the ball, Don't even man, matter. none of that matters. Cause I'm sure if you're out there, all the players are going to be able to play, man. Jim Harbaugh makes this announcement yesterday that he's coming back to Michigan. Here's why it doesn't mean a darn thing. <laughs> right? And I really wanted to get on Twitter and tell all the Michigan fans that we're going crazy. Like, man, shut up. Like, nothing's changed. <laughs> Let me tell you why nothing's changed. Styles make fights. Let me give you a little history, Lee. There was this dude back in the day named Smoking Joe Fraser. <laughs> Left-handed from Philly. <laughs> Had a little peekaboo style with a great left hook. Right? And he was unthor- unorthodox when he used to come in because you couldn't really time when he was going to throw the and the crazy thing about him throwing the left hook is that it was powerful. He could knock you out with it. You couldn't time it. So for a defensive fighter, you might have heard this guy, heard of this guy, like Muhammad Ali. Mm. It was difficult. But, left. I'm going to let you go ahead and give your thoughts on Jim Harbaugh coming back to Michigan. Yeah,
2: I definitely don't think it's that big of a deal because, like you said, it's about styles, the way they build their team at Michigan, a very physical run, play action, strong defensive front seven, get after the quarterback. I think it's a good style that can take you far. But what we've seen about – These championship games are unorthodox in themselves to where you really have to have some part of a dynamic uh, X factor that 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 supersedes just the regular game plan. Because the team that you're usually going to be playing nowadays in the championship game, not just the playoffs, is one of these super Avengers, fantastic four type of teams, especially defensively. So it needs to come from that quarterback position to complement or supplement uh, what you're seeing in a fantastic run game that I do believe we have. For us to have a fantastic run game and go eight and four, where well, I think arguably we've become one of the better run teams in the country towards the end of the season, you're like, what's that missing piece that get us those four games better? And I think we've addressed it in the offseason with Tyler Bugner being a healthy Tyler Bugner and also Sam Hartman as a transfer. But for Michigan's sakes, how much can Jim uh, J.J. McCarthy develop and going from two back-to-back playoff seasons, going into his third year, another playoff opportunity as a second-year starter, that's going to be the difference. That's what needs to be changing and needs to be making an announcement on how that's developing because that's going to take the team to those one or two games better to win the championship. And I think a lot of it is that Jim Harbaugh coming back can only do so much. I mean, we've seen him in coaching situations, makes him been better over the years, get over that Ohio State hump, kind of got their thumb on Ohio State. He's figured that identity out. Because of the style of the Big Ten, he's dominating that style. They're going. The Big Ten is going to have to adjust to what Jim Harbaugh is doing now. But Jim Harbaugh is sitting in the catbird seat, and that's not going to change. But when it comes to winning championships – that quarterback position has got to be elevated. I think J.J. McCarthy, having so much experience in those first two years, going back to back playoffs and coming into his third year, saying they'll be back, it's not going to change too much because the run game is going to be there. But is he going to be there? Also, losing stuff on the defensive side of football. How is Michigan going to be able to have a stronger back end? That secondary is very suspect. They have to be able, especially when you got a guy like these quarterbacks that are thrown for 300 plus yards in championship games, what's that secondary going to look like? Another uh, uh, thing that I would like to see uh, develop when Harbaugh comes back, but it doesn't change much. I still think Michigan is a team that's going to give you nine to 10 wins due to how long and how, uh, how much Jim Harbaugh has built up the program. But still, when you think about it, how much more can Michigan get better? I mean, Obviously, they've gotten better to beat Ohio State, but they've always planned and had their vision of being the best in the Big Ten. Championships, I don't think, was the vision that Michigan really set in in the beginning of each season. I really think that Michigan set to beat Ohio State and to beat them again. So now they have to develop that national championship identity with recruiting but also style change. The style change that they have dominates the Big Ten, but that's just the Big Ten. The Big Ten has to adjust to them now, not Ohio State uh, as as much. You know, Ohio State has a lot of adjusting to do now that CJ has decided to go to the league. But the Big Ten is definitely in Michigan's favor. But how can they take it to a championship?
1: Well, they can't. They can't. And to get back to what I was saying, Styles make fights. Smoking Joe Fravor was dude. Muhammad Ali is the greatest ever. He's the greatest ever he could, because he could do everything. He can win fights in different ways. Right? He could dominate you, he could be defensive, power, knock you out, box you for 12 rounds. He, man, he just can beat you every way. Smoking Joe Frazier just came straight forward, unorthodox, couldn't do anything. But his style was like really tricky for Muhammad Ali. Like Muhammad Ali was so used to timing people, he just never could get the timing right. Right. Mm-hmm. So he ended up losing the first fight, and then they had, man, two other fights that were like bloodbaths just bloodbaths, finally ending in the, the end of the trilogy in the thriller of Manila where phew, they're in the heat going at it and finally, Joe Frazier just quits on his stool, dude, because he's near death. It's just, that's how evenly matched they were and how difficult of a matchup he was for Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. Right? So now Joe Frazier fights George Foreman and George Foreman just wrecks him, bro. All that straightforward stuff against George Foreman with the lymph and the power he had, non-effect. Just non-effect. Mm. So everybody going to the rumble in the jungle thought George Foreman was going to kill Muhammad Ali. Right? You know why? Because, man, Muhammad Ali had problems with smoking Joe. Yeah. He's older. There's no way he can beat George Foreman. Right? But now you're talking about a fighter that has a diverse way to be able to deal with any type of fighter. But certain fighters give him more trouble. Yeah. There was nothing unorthodox or strange about George Foreman. He was just all power. Just come forward. Easily can be timed because his defense was awful.
2: Yeah, defense is awful.
1: defense was awful. And Muhammad Ali just tattooed that dude early in the fight. Made him mad. And he started swinging wild, and he just rope-a-doped him. Until finally in the in the 6th and 7th round, he knocked them out. And that's Michigan, dude. That's Michigan. That's George Foreman. There's only one way they can fight. That's it. Power, run, that's it. That's all they can do. That's all they want to do. That's Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. And, that's, and that's fine when they go up. That's fine when they go up against smoking Joe Frazier. Which is Ryan Day. Right, Because Ryan Day refuses to be physical. Refuses. He refuses. He refuses. He has the talent on the offensive line. He has the talent at the running back. And he just can't get out of his own way and create a culture of tough-minded football teams that can go up and be physical. He have- want to
2: outrun and outflank people on Absolutely. the edge. And go deep.
1: Which is a far departure from Urban Meyer. Because Urban Meyer built his programs on physicality. On
2: Ezekiel Elliott.
1: Absolutely. Ryan Day's just soft, bro. Like Jim Harbaugh said, some people are born on third base. He was absolutely right about Ryan Day. Absolutely right. So Jim Harbaugh is probably going to dominate Ryan Day for another two years in the Big Ten.
2: But he when all, done, them, all them exercise bands and all that. Yep. We oh, put weight on the iron mm-hmm. and we lift it. And that's the difference between Jim Harbaugh and Ryan Day. And Ryan you know, Day gonna do all the explosion bands and mm-hmm. you know body weight stretches and, and mental jujitsu's and yeah. the new age workouts where you just you think strong and yards from. strong. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh said, we're gonna lift them weights. Man. And in a game of football, lifting them weights is showed on the field. Yeah. And that's just the difference. Yeah. Brian Day would be great in the Pac-12. Get him one of them high-flying quarterbacks.
1: Or or the Big, uh, big 12 or the Pac-12.
2: Or the Pac-12. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Pac-12. Go out there and and do a Washington State or something. And huh? boy, you go out there and get you a quarterback. Tear it up. Y'all be throwing it all over the yard. Yeah. They might even change the game to 7-0-7 in the Pac-12. Because there ain't no physicality anywhere.
1: No. Nowhere.
2: Nowhere. Nowhere. So, so that's, that's why Ryan Day won't beat Jim Harbaugh anytime soon,
1: and that's why Jim Harbaugh going back to Michigan doesn't mean a darn thing in the grand scheme of things in college football. Doesn't mean one thing. Michigan will do what they do against a terrible schedule every year. They'll get caught by some teams in different years, right? Yeah. I mean, other than Ohio State, who really, who's really there, right? Because Jim. Gent- Coach Franklin and Penn State, they're just like can't get right. Can't get right. You know, the dude from Life, the movie, just can't get right. Can't get right. Penn State missing missing some sauce too. Absolutely. And they get a good, decent recruiting class every year. What prepares – there's no one that prepares Michigan for Georgia, for Alabama for those matchups. No one in the Big Ten, right? They just got
2: to adjust when they get there. Because
1: those teams can beat you in different ways. Michigan has one way. And that one way wasn't even good enough to beat TCU. And honestly, they don't recruit well enough. They recruit well enough and recruit to the style of play that's efficient enough to win the Big Ten and beat Ohio State. That's it. Ryan Day's Ohio State. Because last I checked, Urban Meyer was was smacking Jim Harbaugh before he left. Eight
2: years straight, because he was more physical.
1: That's all I'm saying. There oh. was no one happier that Urban Meyer left than Jim Harbaugh.
2: Because he knew what was coming.
1: He changed his fortunes at Michigan. Changed his fortunes at Michigan. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CFE Nation, and Conjunctual Irish Breakdown. You already know the great content we spend. Leave us five stars. Also, we enjoy your comments, your questions that you leave. Go to the YouTube page, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Subscribe. Smash that like button for us. And then hit the notification bell for you. So every time we post something or we go live, you'll know. It's the Lucky Lefty podcast. We spin it different. Before we get to Notre Dame's early enrollees and the impact that they're going to have on spring and in the fall, let's chop it up about this Jaden Rashada situation. Now, left before we get into the saga, you are out there with Jaden Rashada. Tell us what type of young man, what type of prospect he is at the quarterback position.
2: He's definitely somebody that's on the on the on the what do you say the up and coming or coming up. In terms of his uh, talent, it definitely stands out. He's got a good physical size. You can tell that he has good knowledge of the game early on. A lot of uh, you know great early on aspects of what you could extrapolate and say, oh, he might be a Trevor Lawrence one day. Um, he definitely looks like an NFL uh, trajectory early on, um, but – Football is a lot different than basketball, especially at the quarterback position because decision-making is uh, has to be consistent and is protracted through a four-year or a three-year career in college where that consistency has to play into a point where are you going to be consistent enough at a pro level? So yeah, you can flash and have some talent at the high school level that gets a lot of people hype about you, but that, Decision making Mm -hmm. in a three or four year consistent span is what's going to count in terms of if you're ready to be an NFL player. So right now, from an NFL prototype, physical, you know, stature, he's got the size. He's got an arm strength. He's got uh, some good technique to him, some good skills, a natural thrower. Yeah, You know, he checks the boxes, but uh, his on the field decision making is what's going to count. Uh, in the long run, and I think that's hard to extrapolate uh, because a lot of things happen on a football team in order for the quarterback to function uh, well for the team to be successful. So if you got administration that's not working well with the coaching staff or the coaching staff not working well uh, with the individual units or the offense or defense, a talented quarterback may not look so talented with all the the the, the BS around them. So uh, he probably saw a situation in Florida where he's like, it's a bunch of BS. So even if I'm good, I wouldn't be able to highlight myself as much as I could with a program that's organized or that's consistently uh, uh, consistent with their coaching. Um, so a lot of, as opposed to basketball, where shoot, it's really a, you take your skill on the road and you fit in where you can get in and, you know, eventually if you're good, it's going to show on a on a level to where you can advance because basketball is everywhere. So I just think with the NIL deals, it's just, it's hard, man. You give a kid that ain't played in college a bunch of money as opposed to give a kid that played in college a bunch of money before he goes pro.
1: So shout out to G. Allen Taylor from The Athletic, who put together an incredible story, breaking this down over the weekend. Originally, Jaden Rashada, commits to Mario Cristobal University of Miami. He stays committed to the University of Miami until the University of Florida comes in on November the 10th. Rashada and the Gator Collective agree to terms on an NIL deal exceeding exceeding $13 million, bro. There's a
2: high... How do you come up with a deal like that,
1: bro? I, he's not Dante Moore, he's not Arch Manning. 13 million dollars. Such a massive pledge is thought to dramatically exceed the Gator Collective's fundraising level. Once again, this is what's important. Um, the massive pledge was thought to dramatically exceed the money they had in the collective, so they promised more than they had, right. December 7th, two weeks before signing day, Rojas, Eddie Rojas, who is the head of the collective for the Florida Gators, sends a termination letter regarding the $13 million contract to Rashada, according to a program source close to the situation. There are conflicting accounts about why the deal crumbled and who pledged to pay what. But multiple conversations ensued between donors and the athletic department members, including Castro Walker, who was on the board, and Strickland, who was on the board for the Gators collective. December twenty first, National Signing Day. Billy Napier's press conference is delayed over an hour. Rashada's name was removed from the paperwork given out to the media, and then at the last minute is added. Billy Napier talks about adding him to the class and what he's going to mean. And everything seems like it's smooth. Fast forward. He goes to the, the Under Armour All-American game. He's chummy chummy with the Gator commits down there, taking pictures, laughing. And then January 13th hits, which is the deadline for Florida students to enroll. He doesn't show up. And now he's back in California. This is what pay for play gets you, man. And this won't be the last one. This won't be the last one. Because you're going to continue to have overzealous programs going after young men that are committed to other places. And if they don't leave or decide not to go, they will eventually transfer like we've seen with Texas AM and over the last two years. It's just bad for business. It's just bad for business, Left. There's nothing else to say about it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's unfortunate that these kids are holding so many these teams hostages. And for what? I don't think these teams owe these kids anything, especially if you haven't took a snap or threw a touchdown at all for them. But the, the dynamic is crazy because, unfortunately, you need – a great quarterback in this game and the, the stakes of what it takes to get these quarterbacks are getting more and more outrageous. Mm -hmm. And it's also tipping the scale of these guys got to be ready to play as well and be products ready made. Yeah. So maybe these contracts are over a four year period where you get a little bit up front, but it's through each year. Maybe it's depending on, you know, you win a championship Maybe there's a lot of stipulations I can imagine before you give a 18 year old 13 plus million
1: dollars. Man, why would you even offer? For what? Are you that desperate?
2: Yeah, I don't know, man. Are you
1: that desperate? I mean, that 13 exceeding 13 million dollars.
2: Now, now I can understand if now you know looking at it from an open perspective, how our guy. I forgot the ball The ball guy that has some good segments was saying, you know, you donate X amount of dollars for the facility. This is just a different area that you're spending for a program that you were spending on before, uh-huh. which is getting players. Yeah, and I think, you know, that all plays into developing a championship program, except they threw a new asset in, which is the players. Uh-huh. Now, maybe the... The the donors have a little bit more insurance on that end, but if we're thinking business, that's that's part of the business. You just don't like where the money's going, <laughs> but you're still contributing to the, the the success of the program by the money you spend instead of on a hot tub that kids don't get in that often. You just give it straight to him.
1: Speaking of that, Coach Carl Reed, big brother to the show. He was on his 24-7 show. And this is what he had to say.
2: Named Smokey Gaines, who used to be an assistant for Dick Vitale at the University of Detroit, told me at a hotel room in Memphis years ago, coach, that if you pay him, you can't coach him. And now you're in a situation where this has went past what name, image, and likeness is supposed to be. You have a kid almost treating this like an NFL hold off. so." Now, even if you bring them in after caving to the money, it's going to be extremely hard to coach them. And coaches need to keep that in mind because you don't just have the quarterback position. You have an entire locker room of guys. What's next? A guy with three sacks is going to want to get paid more than a third-round pick in the NFL draft? What are we talking about here? Production has to matter at some point.
1: Uh, He's a man. Coach Carl Reed always spitting the wisdom. Production has to matter, man. Don't yeah, ask production. me for money and you haven't produced for this university.
2: Yeah, production definitely matters, but there's there's a there's a there's a fee to play as well. You know, I mean I go to King's Island or Cedar Point or Six Flags, I gotta pay an entry fee. Now, am I gonna get what I pay for? Maybe it's pretty subjective. You know, maybe I don't like how to. The drop zone or the roller coaster made me feel maybe I didn't even get on. Maybe I just tried the blue soft serve ice cream they got. But they're not walking into the park for free either. So I think, you know, it's a pay to play, you know, and even though it may not, the egos may be different. There's some guys that are coachable guys, too. Yeah, it's going to be a little harder if you're paying them that much, but you still controlling if he's playing. I mean, I will at least have hope. But at the end of the day, I do believe that, yeah, that has some semblance it's going to be hard to coach a kid, but that's because of the maturity level. Because if that's the case, you couldn't coach NFL players. You know, it's a respect level as well. So I think it's hard for the value of the quarterback position to be so high to where it holds you hostage in certain situations. It's unfortunate it's like that. But I do think that Georgia has provided other options to where the, the, the five-star best quarterback in the country, you may not need to win, you know, with that. But uh, 90% of the country, I mean, other college teams, they probably do.
1: <laughs> Georgia just found another
2: route of doing it.
1: We could debate all we want to. But Coach Carl Reed is telling you you're setting yourself up for dramatic failure if you build your program on Mm pay-to-play, especially if you're at top programs. You're setting yourself up for failure. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And the fact, as he said, that a young man that hasn't sweat, bled, or done anything to pour into the value of that program is going to walk in Making more NIO money than someone that has gotten 15 sacks in back to back seasons. Oh, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. It doesn't even have to be said. I mean, but it wasn't It's a going problem. to be a Bryce. problem in the locker room.
2: They pay, if Bryce, they just like, I uh, know 13 is extreme. Hold, hold on. Bryce
1: didn't come in starting. No, that's what
2: I'm saying. Bryce and Bryce, Bryce got
1: was... an opportunity. Wait a minute. Bryce got an opportunity to sweat, bleed, and put in work on the practice practice field for other players to see whether or not he was deserving of what he got. Once again, he was able to prove himself backing up Mac Jones. But you know
2: yourself not playing in the game. Yeah, you get respect, but you know yourself to what? Man, Patrick Mahomes proved
1: himself in practice his whole first year. Everybody knew he was a better quarterback than Alex Smith. And but they didn't start saying
2: game. they didn't yeah, on the team. That's what I'm start, saying. Everybody yeah. on the team knew. Right, but I'm saying Mac, I mean uh Bryce Young was still paid for not being respected on the team but to win games and championships at Heisman's. He didn't do that the first year but he still got the money. You see what I'm saying? Not
1: because he wasn't good enough. I mean, yeah, but you said what I'm talking about is problems in the locker room. He alleviated the problems in the locker room because he came and worked his tail off.
2: That well, alleviates
1: everything. If you got a dude.
2: I can do the same thing. I think the
1: money what's
2: different. He can. If Bryce Young had 13 million plus dollars and he was sitting behind have. It probably, Jones,
1: it probably still would have been a problem.
2: I think that's different than a million, you know, even though a million is a lot.
1: So basically like 13 million to be
2: Alabama backup is a little ridiculous.
1: Basically, we're saying University of Florida are some idiots. That's basically what we're saying. They yeah. panicked. Billy Napier, new head coach, trying to make a splash. He panicked. He lost his quarterback to the NFL. And they panicked. Yeah. They panicked to get him to decommit. They offered him something that they knew they didn't have in the account. And other people. That were brought in to invest to fit to seal the deal. They weren't feeling it. They're like, no, I don't know if we want to invest in him. And then you send this young man a termination letter. Heck yeah, I would have gone back to California too. If you can't do it, don't don't say it. Like I'm fine with you just saying I can't do it. I can't do the deal. But once you tell me you can do something, be a man of your word. So University of, Flo- University of Florida and everyone connected to the Gator Collective. Shame on you. Because you didn't have to do it. You didn't have to do it. You couldn't have gotten him to decommit for 5 million. You had to go to 13. Miami isn't exactly a program that's in the best financial standing. Go, go do the research. They, the football program isn't exactly in the best financial standing. Hey, they can't even sell out, and you decided to go all the way up to thirteen million. I think Nico got what five reportedly at Tennessee. Yeah, I thought it was eight. Eight. Okay, they just man, they man, they did the Deshaun Watson deal in the NFL, bro. Two thirty guarantee.
2: guaranteed on NILs, I guess. You don't even get guarantees in the league. You get guaranteed on the NIL. Zone. Man,
1: it's crazy. Right? So we'll see. Notre Dame has their new director of NIL in the building. Junior day. Early enrollees. I'm sure they're all having the discussions about opportunities that are there for them. Lucky, Lucky podcast. Smash that like button. We're greatly appreciated. Apple Podcast Spotify. CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. It's the Lucky Lefty podcast. You already know we spin it different.